So the Holy Spirit, a guiding presence, that's the title of this morning's sermon, message, and uh, I want us to look at the Holy Spirit. You see, there are many, many books about Jesus. There are many books about God the Father. And you could go to 99% of the churches in America, probably 100% of Christian evangelical churches. Let's put it that way. You could go to 100% of Christian evangelical churches, and you're going to probably hear about Jesus, and you're probably going to hear about God. But in a vast majority of those, you're not going to hear about the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of sad because we relegate the Holy Spirit to the lesser. It's like we've got God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit's over here. Some of that may have been uh, to do with the King James Version of the, of the uh, Bible. And it's, he's referred to as the Holy Ghost. And it's just a, it's a word they used back then. It, it, we understood it. Many, many that had grown up in the King James Version understood it. But most people, when you think of ghost, that's not what really conjures up in the right mind, you know. We most of the time think of Halloween, you know. But the Spirit, Holy Spirit, well, you know, all of us have a, have a spirit inside of us. But the Holy Spirit, that is what he is. He is the Spirit of God. And we're going to learn about him this morning because I think it's important that we put the Holy Spirit in his place, in his rightful place. Because we here, we believe in the Trinity. Now, the Trinity is the word is not in the Bible, so if anybody ever says, oh, that word's not in the Bible. No, it's not in the Bible. But it is a, is a word we use to reference the Godhead. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all three in one. And if you ever, let me tell you, this is, this is, maybe this is too simplistic, but I've had people ask me, how in the world can you have one God but three? And I say, well, that, let me just make it as simple as I can to you. And it's not very spiritual. But it works. And I had a friend who just couldn't get it until I told him this. Take an egg. There are three parts to an egg. You have the shell, you have the egg white, and then you have the egg yolk. But it's still one egg. And Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, they're all three in one. They're all part. And let me tell you something. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if you're trying to figure God out every time, if you're turning around constantly trying to figure out God, maybe you should just step back and go, you know what, God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I can't figure you out. But the Holy Spirit, he is special. And I want to do this. I want us to stop leaving him on the bench, and I want to allow him to come out and help us. See, the Holy Spirit was sent here for us for a reason. And when we sit here and we relegate him to something else, we're actually, it's almost like going, you know what? I don't know if any of you ever watched Formula One racing, which is auto racing. But they have, a, they have switches in the car where they can reduce the amount of fuel that they're using throughout the race. But when they reduce the amount of fuel that they're using throughout the race, they can't go as fast. So sometimes you'll see cars passing other cars. And you're like going, well, they're going to lose the race. Well, not, not exactly, but the point is, when we do this with the Holy Spirit, when we, when we take the Holy Spirit out, we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and we take the Holy Spirit out, we are reducing the fuel or the power that we have as Christians on this earth. And if we take him totally out, we've re, we have literally taken all power 
that we are, we are promised out of our life. So we're going to start out in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. And as I get there, I know we may get to flowing through some verses. You may just want to write down the references and look at them later, okay? You can also go back online and listen to the message if you need to. And our online messages, of course, we have our video, but we also, this that goes up on the screen actually goes on our online under our media page, under our audio. So you can actually watch this again if you need to, just, you know, without the video, but, but with the, the words up here. He says, For no prophecy at any time was produced by the will of man, but holy men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Without the Holy Spirit, we would not have the scriptures we have today. The scriptures are God-breathed through the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit or the writers would not have written what we have. And so when we take the Holy Spirit out, we're literally taking the word out. We're saying the word isn't really that important because the word came through the Holy Spirit from God through the Holy Spirit into man. Okay, here's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So right here, he says he is an advocate. And then in John chapter 15, verse 26, he says, But when the counselor comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. So number one, there are a number of, of words that are used to describe the Holy Spirit. And here are some of them. He is a comforter. Are you going through something and you say, you know what? I know Jesus, I know God, but you know, I, 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 wish, I wish they were here with me. You know, Jesus is no longer physically here. He will return one day. He promised he will return, and he is going to return. But he is not here right now. But the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit can comfort us when nobody else can comfort us. How do you think that these people who go through persecution in the Middle East and around the world, how do you think these Christians make it? Because the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He is a counselor to you. He can come in and he can give you wisdom. And he can move in your mind and your heart. He is an advocate. Hey, when the devil is working against you, he's an advocate for you saying, hey, I'm right here. I'm helping you out. I'm talking to the Father. He's an intercessor. He's a helper. That's another word that is used for the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. Let me ask you something. Why are you sitting the Holy Spirit on the bench if he is these things in your life? If he can be these things in your life, if he is a comforter, if he's a counselor, if he's an advocate, if he's a helper, why sit him there? See, Jesus said there in verse 26, he said, he will bear witness of me. You know, you really can't, and we're going to get in that in a second, you really can't be an effective witness without the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can witness, but you can't be an effective witness without the Holy Spirit. And, and, and moving inside of you, living inside of you, you can't do that. You could go around, you could talk to people. You can talk to people about the Lord. 
but you can't be effective without the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that bears witness about Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit that does that. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, he says, He is the Spirit of truth. Let's read that. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. So I apologize. The Spirit of truth is what he said in John chapter 15, verse 26. In, in Isaiah 11, verse 2, referring to the Holy Spirit, he said he's wisdom. You sit him on the bench, and you need wisdom, but he's over here on the bench. He can't help you out. If you're playing a, an important game, if you're playing an amazing game, think about this in football, okay? Think about this in football. You've got multiple levels in football, but they're all important, Right? You've got the owner of the football team. He's important. You get, you've got the coach. He's important. You've got the quarterback. Without the quarterback, you can't do much of anything, right? When, the, when you take the three, the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus, and you take the Holy Spirit out, you can't play the game. I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about the game of life. I'm talking about living for Jesus. I'm talking about walking for Jesus. I'm talking about witnessing for Jesus. You can't play it without the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You can't have wisdom without the Holy Spirit. There is a fallacy in this world today that we take the Holy Spirit and we throw him over here and we read our Bible. Let me tell you something. You cannot understand the word without the Holy Spirit. You can't. It's, it's, it's impossible. You have to have the Holy Spirit to understand the word. You see, the Holy Spirit draws people to Christ. You think that when somebody picks up a Bible in a prison and they come to Christ, it's because they read the Bible and because their man-made thoughts got them there because, oh, well, this sounds like a good thing, you know? No. Because, see, salvation and justification through the Lord is a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. And that's kind of hard for us to understand sometimes, but it's a spiritual thing. You have to have the Holy Spirit. So wisdom and understanding, he says that this is the Holy Spirit. He is wisdom and understanding. He is counsel and might. He is knowledge, and he is the fear of the Lord. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to fear the Lord. You know, there is a, some people have taught in the past, and maybe teach today, that a Christian can be demon-possessed. That is a lie. You cannot be demon-possessed and be possessed by the Holy Spirit because light and darkness cannot work and coincide together. And the Holy Spirit is light. So if you know Jesus, don't you let somebody confuse you into believing that, listen, you may have some problems. That doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. That just means you're human, okay? We live in a human world, all right? We all have issues. We all have issues. The Holy Spirit is so important that Jesus said it was a good thing that he leave, that Jesus leave so that the Holy Spirit would come instead. See what he says in John 16, verse 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. You know, one of the great things Jesus did so much, the Bible says he did so much that there's not enough enough books in the world to write down everything he did while he was on this earth. But you want to know something? He wasn't everywhere. The Holy Spirit is everywhere because Jesus, Jesus was in a human body. Yeah, I mean, he could have went anywhere he wanted to, 
But he was in one place. He was with his disciples. He was praying and touching people in that area. But the Holy Spirit is everywhere. That's why we can believe for healing here, and we can believe for healing for somebody in Africa, and we can believe for healing in somebody in Nicaragua. We can believe God to touch somebody and save somebody in, in Timbuktu, Africa, right? That's, that's actually a place. If you ever use the word Timbuktu, if you ever heard that, boy, they're out in Timbuktu. Well, that's actually in Africa. I actually had somebody in the, in the car with me the other day. I said, he's travels all over Africa, and I says, hey, have you been to Timbuktu? He says, yeah, I've been there three times, <laughs> and I says, well, I can say that I know somebody from Timbuktu, so, you know, it, it, I don't know where I was going with that, but hey, it was good anyway for a moment, but he is everywhere, right? The Holy Spirit is everywhere. Any, anybody and everybody can be touched by the Holy Spirit. Because he is everywhere when Jesus was not, not able to. But if Jesus said the Holy Spirit is important, why do we put him on the bench? Why do we put him on the bench? John chapter 16 verse 8 said this. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of righteousness and of the coming judgment. You want to know why people fight? You want to know why people fight church and Christianity? You want to know why? Because they're convicted. It's not because they're smarter. Believe me, they ain't any smarter. It's because they're convicted, because the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of their sin. Now, notice he didn't say condemn the world. He says convict the world, okay? He's come to convict the world of sin and the coming judgment and God's righteousness. Without the Holy Spirit, if we got him on the bench over here, how is he going to convict? How is he going to convict you in your life if you put him on the bench over here? How is he going to bring conviction into your life when you are in sin if you're saying, no, I don't need the Holy Spirit. All I need is Jesus and God. Because the Holy Spirit, that's just a little bit weird. That's a little bit sticky over there, a little bit icky maybe. You know, I, I've heard some of these things. I've read First Corinthians. You know, I know, no, we put him on the bench. We can't be convicted of sin. As a matter of fact, the world can't be convicted of sin. Another thing is, he is a guarantee of everything that was promised to us. Really quickly, we have some verses here. 2 Corinthians one twenty two says, And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. We are identified as his own, as God's own, because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The next scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, he says, God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. He is a guarantee. If you stick him on the bench, you're losing your guarantee. You're putting him away. All right, let's continue on here. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14 says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit uh, is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he has promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we could praise and glorify him. See, we like to talk about the blood of Jesus, and rightfully so. We should talk about the blood of Jesus. We like to talk about how God is our Father, and he's there for us, and he loves us. Rightfully so. But the Holy Spirit inside of us is our guarantee. It is what makes us heirs and joint heirs with Christ, as Romans chapter 8 says, that we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. It is that Holy Spirit living the Holy Spirit living inside of you that guarantees that, that you can walk in faith and belief and understanding that no one, no one can take you away from God if the Holy Spirit 
is living inside of you. You know, there is a problem today that we can get scared. We've come to Christ and we get scared that we're going to do something wrong and we're going to upset God. Let me tell you, and that God's, God's going to leave us. No, the Holy Spirit guarantees and he, the promise that we are more than conquerors. That's what we learned in Romans chapter 8 the last few weeks, that we are more than conquerors. It guarantees us. The Holy Spirit inside of us guarantees that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. The Holy Spirit is the one in living inside of us that guarantees all of the Bibles, uh, the scriptures in the Bible that are for us, all those promises that are for us. But if we put him on the bench, how do we have that guarantee? If we don't want him around, how do we have that guarantee? Why do we treat him like he's a stepchild? Sit over there, be quiet, don't mess with me. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, he's trying to lead you to do something. No, just sit over there. Oh, well, that's a little bit different than what I, I was brought up. You know, I was brought up to believe a certain way. And the Holy Spirit's saying, well, I want to do this in you. Well, I was brought up, well, you know, just sit over there because I don't know that I want to move in that. I don't know if I want to operate in that and work in that. You have got to say, Holy Spirit, if, if, if you're inside of me, I've got to accept everything, everything that you want to do in me. I've got to accept that you want to do those things in me. Look at John chapter 16, verse 13. I told you, I've got a lot of scriptures this morning. When the spirit of truth, we talked to you, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit living inside of you. The Holy Spirit moving inside of you. He is the spirit of truth. You want to know what is right and what is wrong? You have to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And let that truth be inside of you. That is the Holy Spirit. Let him, he says, when he comes, he will guide us in all truth. He, what he has heard, man, he's hanging out with God. He knows the heart of God. Remember, he knows what God is thinking about. He knows what God wants for you. You know, we love to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, the plans to give you a hope and a future. And then we say, Holy Spirit, sit on the bench. Sit on the bench over here. Because, you know, there's just some things that you might want to do in my life that I'm just, that's just not me. I, know, I want to be cool. I want to be, I want to do my own thing over here. I want to, I want to read the Bible the way I want to read the Bible. And the Holy Spirit's like, well, you know, I'll help you with that. No, no, no. No, just sit over there. You're good. You're good. Just sit over there. So he's a guide to us as believers. Those that believe in the Lord, he is a guide to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. There's a song that goes along with this scripture. It says, I was not my own. I'm bought with a price. I'm purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He was given to you by God. The Holy Spirit it lives inside of you. Why are you putting him on the bench? Why is he sitting over here on the bench? If you're a believer, he indwells in you. Those scriptures also tells us in Romans chapter 8, 26, that he's an intercessor. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Holy Spirit, come here a second. Come here. I'm going to witness this person. I want you to help me. Oh, but I got to pray about something. You go sit over there. 
because I don't know what you're going to do with me when I pray. So you just sit over there. Sit on the bench. Because sometimes we want the Holy Spirit when it's good for us, if we even think about him at all. He's the spirit of life, Romans chapter 8, verse 2 says. Because you belong to him, the power of the, of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. He is the spirit of life. He gives life into your body. That's why somebody can lay on their deathbed with a smile, going, man, I'm going to meet Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside. He is the spirit that brings life. Because without him, you're dead. You're dead. Whether you're, you may be, you know, you may be the walking dead. You know what I'm saying? You may be, you may be walking, but you're dead. Or what they say, dead man walking, you know? That's where you're headed. Because when you die without, without the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God living inside you, the Holy Spirit, then you don't have that guarantee any longer. No, you, you, you never have the guarantee if you don't have him inside of you. He's a spirit of life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 says, When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. I have been in churches, and I've seen pastors, I've seen teachers try to teach the Scriptures that do not allow the Holy Spirit to speak into them and speak through them because they put him over the bench over here because, you know, he might do something a little bit different, a little bit weird. So I'm going to put him over here because I don't want to, you know, mess with that kind of stuff. And you know what? It's, it can be very confusing. I've seen and heard some very confusing stuff. Why? Because in, in our man-made wisdom, in our man-made wisdom, we've decided what the Bible says for us. We put it in, number one, we make huge mistakes. We put it, I, I, I want to preach a message probably soon about the marriage of, of us to Jesus uh, as, as the bride and the groom and the, the uh, imagery that he, he, he puts in the scriptures. And a lot of people read scripture a lot of times. You read it and you put it in today's context. And that's why I tell you all the time, don't be conned by the text. Know the context. We put it in today's context when we've got to put it back in their context. Okay, when you read the scriptures, you need to let the Holy Spirit speak into you and speak what is really going on. And I would always encourage you, and I try to give you as much information as I can when we get together about some of these things in the scriptures to help you understand the scripture better. But always let the Spirit guide you. Sometimes you'll be like, I know what this means. I don't know why I know what this means, but I know what it means. And eventually later on you go, oh, that's knew because this is what this is exactly what was going on this was this was what Jesus was referring to because of that time so let the spirit be in you move in you because he is a teacher that's what it says there that he explains spiritual truths the words the, the spirit's words explain spiritual truths you don't have to let me tell you something preaching's good well, preaching's foolish. That's what the scripture says, that the Lord chose the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. So I'm being foolish right now. I appreciate y'all hanging with this foolish preacher. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing is, is we have got to let the Holy Spirit move in us so that when we teach, it is him teaching, not ourselves. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, this right here. God also bore them witness with signs and wonders, diverse miracles, and with the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. And we're not going to get into 1 Corinthians right now, 
And, and we're not going to go through the, the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get into that this morning. But the thing is, is the Holy Spirit can do more as a witness than you can ever do as a witness. You can get over there and, well, I'm telling you, you know, people go, well, why would it be important if somebody got healed of cancer? Why would it be important if a word of wisdom is given, a supernatural word of knowledge is given to somebody? Why is it important? Because the Holy Spirit speaks to them and they go, this is real. What is, is a witness that Jesus is real? The Holy Spirit is a witness that he is real. And that's what he said right there, that he bore witness by signs, wonders, diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his own will. And, and, and I will say this, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, what, uh, what 1 Corinthians especially talks about, it is distributed by his will, not yours. You can't go and demand that stuff, okay? You got to let God do that in you, okay? So don't go and demand, oh, I'm going to do this. This is what, I, I'm a healer. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around healing people. And you go pray for people and they don't get healed. And you're like, oh, well, what happened? You know, well, that's because you demanded something instead of letting the Holy Spirit do that in you. He is a witness and he will help people get saved. That's why Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. See, here's what is so cool about the Holy Spirit. You receive power to be effective witnesses. Yeah, you could talk. You could talk to people. You can quote scripture. I've seen it. I had somebody come up to me and witness to me when I was doing work down in, in uh, Mississippi after the hurricane 2005. And I pulled in, and we, we were, actually, it was the end. We were going home. We had lost all of our money. Um, my brother and I, we uh, had gambled our money away <laughs> on uh, trying to make money, you know, working the hurricane. That didn't work out so well for us. No, we don't gamble. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But we, went, we left there broke. I will say that. But I, we stopped in this parking lot to get something to drink. I had this, I had this trailer behind me, this pop-up camper. And these two guys come over. They walk over to me, because I don't remember, I think I was putting water in the vehicle or something. And they walk over to me, and the guy starts in on this, this thing. Now, Ray Comfort uh, is somebody that I really enjoy, and Kirk Cameron, two great ministers of the gospel. And Ray, Ray Comfort will do this thing with people. He'll go on a university campus, and he'll ask questions. He'll say, are you a good person? And then a person comes back, and they say, yeah, I'm a good person. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I'm a good person. Well, uh, so you really think you're a good person? Then he goes through the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied before? Well, yeah, I've lied before. You know, have you ever stolen? Uh, well, uh, have you stolen even anything small? You know, and he goes to the thing to to prove a point that we're not good. The word tells us that there's only one that's good, and that is the Father. Jesus Himself was that when the rich young ruler came to Him, and He said, "Good Master," He says, "Why do you call me good? There's only one that's good. That is the Father." It, it, so Ray Comfort will go through this thing to to show people that they're not good. You can go on YouTube, find some of his videos. He's got some great videos out there and where he takes them. Well, these two guys had probably went something in their church or maybe a Bible study, and so they come over to me, and they start talking to me, and they start this thing. Well, the thing they didn't know is I knew what Ray Comfort did and, and really enjoyed it, but I let them pull, I played along with them for a minute. And, and they start out, well, you know, uh, do you think you're a good person? And I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, and then I started messing with them. But they keep on going through this thing, and finally, I mean, they got so tense. It's so, I mean, I was like, man, you know, they, it feels like they want to brawl out here, you know, brawl for Jesus. You know, beat me into heaven, I guess. I don't know what they were planning on doing. Finally, I stopped them, and I said, hey, guys, hang on. 
I says, I'm on your side. I says, I'm on your side. I says, but I'm a Christian. Well, if you just said, I'm a Christian, I've given my life to the Lord. I says, let me give you a pointer or two here. Instead of, instead of just coming up and, you know, grabbing somebody and putting a chokehold on them and slamming them to the ground and going, let me tell you about Jesus. Maybe you should come up with a little bit of love and a little bit of concern. But what was going on with these guys? The Holy Spirit wasn't interactive in moving them. They were trying to follow some example that they seen. I think it's a great way to start a conversation. But without the Holy Spirit, you can't be an effective witness. If you go to pray for somebody, we see this over in Africa and in Nicaragua. Uh, I know that, that R.C.'s told us. Uh, my father-in-law was in Mexico praying for people. We're, we're, see, in America, we're Christians in America, we're really uptight. You know, we can't get healed. You know, unless the doctor tells us we're healed, you know, we got to take medicine for that. You know, we, we can't let the, let the Holy Spirit speak to us in, in, in uh, uh, his own way. Instead, we, we hold everything in because we got to be all prim and proper. But in these other countries, in these countries, especially in third world conditions, you go into those places, if somebody has cancer or somebody has a, a, a broken leg or a messed up leg, they're willing to receive. Because they're not sitting there going, well, I'll go to the doctor tomorrow. You know, They can't go to the doctor. They don't have health insurance, okay? They don't have anything. And so when you go to pray for them, they believe they need a miracle. And then you pray for that person, and they get healed. And all of a sudden, who gets the glory? Jesus gets the glory. And what happens to those people is they come to Christ. Why? Because, they, because something miraculous just happened. Feet have grown back. Legs have grown back. Amazing things have happened overseas. I, I remember I was listening to a Baptist missionary one time, and, and he was asked, he was at, the Baptist missionary was asked, well, so what, what all are you doing over there? And he's like, man, we've cast de- demons out. We've seen people, man, you, you wouldn't believe. You know, we've, we, we have, uh, we've seen witch doctors come convert to the Christ, and they're going through all these things. And so this, this radio guy that was, that was, wit, uh, that was uh, listening to him, he said, so do you believe in that, that all these things are still effective and working today? He said, well, yeah. He says, well, do you tell the churches? He said, no, we don't tell the churches. They wouldn't support us. So we can't come back to the United States and tell our churches what's going on because they wouldn't support us. Yes, people are getting saved by the droves. People are getting, getting uh, uh, delivered and, and healed and set free from addictions and from demonic activity all over the place. Things, great things are happening, but we can't come and talk about it in our church because it would scare them off. They would stop supporting us as missionaries. Now, I'm not saying that to, to beat down the Baptist, okay? So if you're a Baptist in here, I'm not beating you down, okay? All I, I'm just trying to make a point that the American church today, because it's sticky, we'd rather stick the Holy Spirit on the bench in, the, in some of these areas and say, you know what? Because I don't know really about this. I don't really, you know, I don't want to work in that area, and I don't want those kind of things happening. I'll put him on the bench. Now, he can help me out over here, but not over there. But when, when Jesus, Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1-8. This was Jesus talking. A lot of people don't realize that because we go into Acts. But Jesus was talking. He said, you will receive power, duminous power, amazing power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then us American Christians, we like to walk around going, well, I just hope. <laughs> I just hope it happens. Uh, you know, I've told, you know, we, you've heard the story with, with, uh, with Elisa and, and Sachs and, and the, the, the cancer that was in her body. 
But they was like, you've got to go now. And Sachs just stopped, and he said, when he left the doctor's office, and he laid hands on her, and he prayed for her. And when they went to the next doctor's office, we don't know what they're talking about. There's nothing there. Why is that? That's the Holy Spirit. Because he went to the Holy Spirit. He wasn't willing to, to go, oh, we'll go see another doctor, and we'll spend tons of money. Now, again, I, I've told you this, I think, last week. If you're under the care of a physician, I don't want you going out there and saying, well, the pastor said stop taking all these drugs and doing this, and then you die. Don't, don't you tell your family, don't come sue me, because I'm not telling you to stop doing that. What I'm saying is to listen to the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. The Holy Spirit is paramount to our Christian walk. And we put him, when we put him on the bench for any reason whatsoever, we're messing up our Christian walk. We, do not, we need to stop discounting who he is. The bad thing is, like I said earlier, the point, one of the points I want to make, most Christians in America, probably most, I would say, I don't know how many, but a lot, if you were to go up and say, who is the Holy Spirit, they could not give you an answer. They may say, oh, he's part of the Trinity. Uh, all right, all right. Who's Jesus? Oh, well, he's the son of God. He died on the cross. And, you know, who's God? Oh, he sent his son, Jesus. It's John three sixteen. you know, for us because he loved the world so much. He sent his son to die for us. So the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is active and moving all over this earth today? He is your best friend. He's sitting right next to you. He's there. He's inside of you if you're a Christian. He's living inside of you. Now, how, how would you like it if your best friend... If you're, if, if, how would you like it if your best friend or somebody you're close to, really close to like a family member, if you, if you came to church today and they came to church today and you went to sit down beside them and they got up and go, mm, I don't want anybody to know that I'm friends with you. <laughs> I want to sit over here today. You might do something a little bit weird. We'd be offended, wouldn't we? Now, thankfully, uh, we really can't offend God. But shouldn't we, shouldn't we look at this and say, Holy Spirit, what can you do in me? Because I know that you have a plan for me, and you're here to help work this plan out. And there's a promise, and there are guarantees for me here. What can you do? What can I do for you, Holy Spirit? When the next time you pray, why don't you get down and say, hey, Holy Spirit, could you come here a minute? Can we talk a minute? I know that sounds weird. Well, we're, we're praying in Jesus' name. Okay, that's fine, pray in Jesus' name. But say, Holy Spirit, could you come give me some wisdom? I need some understanding. I'm going through something right now. Could you give me some understanding in this? Could you give me some wisdom in this? Can we talk just a minute? Could you just help me? I, I, you know, there, there was an evangelist, and he, he didn't know where to go, where the Lord was sending. The Lord says, I'm going to send you to a few places. I'm going to do some mighty things. And so he was in his prayer closet, and, and he says, this has never happened to me before. and never happened to him after. I mean, maybe, maybe now, but at the time it hadn't. But he goes in his closet. And the Holy Spirit says, just open your map up and lay it out on the floor. So he opened, opened his map up, and there were, there were five places that were lit on this map that he circled. And the Lord sent him to those five places. I'm not saying that God's going to do that to you or ever or any time. But the thing is, we have to be open to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. He went to those five cities and had weeks and weeks of revival with Hundreds of people getting saved in each one of those cities. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be the most effective we can be. Well, I got somebody saved. Well, maybe if we let the Holy Spirit, maybe we get 10 people saved and brought to Christ. 
Let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom. Let the Holy, he is, should be your everything, right? He should be the person that's hanging on to you and that you're, well, you're hanging on to him. He's inside of you. Use him. Why go out and buy a Lamborghini and drive 30 miles an hour down a 60-mile-an-hour street? No. Most of you are going to drive at least 65 <laughs> or 70. I know I'd probably get a ticket, but, hey, you know what? It would be fun while it lasted. I would enjoy it. Why have this? Why have the Holy Spirit over here and say, I'll just take a little bit of it. I'll just take a little bit of you. Just when I need you, okay? Sit down there, and I'll call you just when I need you. Why can't we just walk? You know, the Scripture says to be in prayer continuously. And you go, well, how can I do that? Well, maybe you should just let the Holy Spirit walk beside you. And he's constantly. You know, the other day, I worked late Thursday night. I got up and went, went to prayer breakfast uh, a little bit late. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Will had already left. Not his fault, my fault for being late. But anyway, uh, I went back home, went to bed a little bit later, about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, because I needed to get some sleep to work Friday night. And I went to sleep. And in, and in my dream, I was, I was dreaming about this kid with autism or something like that. I, I don't dream very often. And I had music playing, so I, I know part of that was the music, because I normally don't play music when I sleep, because I can't sleep. I get, you know, it wakes me up. It doesn't put me to sleep. I'd rather listen to myself preach. You know, that helps me go to sleep, you know. So, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and, and uh, or laying there, and I'm kind of going back in, in and out of sleep. Well, I had this, I've had this dream about this autistic kid, and he's just a mess. He's just a mess. He looks like he's about 10 years old. But in my dream, you know, I, I sit there and I go, you know, and I need to help him out. He, you know, his face was all dirty and messy, and the parents weren't taking care of him. I'm not going to go into everything of it because it doesn't matter. But So I go over to get some paper, or some tissue paper, you know. Because I'm thinking it's important, it's important that I treat him like I would treat anybody else. Because it's easy for us to treat people differently. All right, it's just human nature. But it's important just because he's autistic. But as I, as I go to get that tissue and I come back around, he begins to sing. Just the most beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful. His, his voice was beautiful, even though his face was messed up and his actions were messed up, everything. But he was worshiping the Lord. He was just praising God. And I woke up, and I could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I could feel it all around me. And I went back to sleep, and I woke up, and I went back to sleep because I couldn't stay asleep for some reason. But it was like every time I woke up, I could feel the Holy Spirit. And see, when we put him on the bench over here, he can't do that. He can't comfort us when we need to be comforted. And he can't, oh, well, I'll go get him. I'll go get him. Well, just let him stay with you. Talk to him. You're driving down the road, great time to talk. All right? That's all prayer is, is talking. Great time to talk. You drive down the road. Man, when I drive these people, when I'm Ubering and I got these people in the car, filthy, nasty, sinful people. You know what? I'll have my mouth shut, but I'm saying, Lord, touch them. God, let them feel conviction in their life. Holy Spirit, you're right here with me. You convict the world of sin. Convict these people. Let them feel something. You know, it is only the Holy Spirit that you get in a vehicle and Sachs gets in a vehicle at 1.30 in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, 
flying in from Mexico, wherever he flew in from. No reason that we should have gotten the same vehicle together. It's the, only the Holy Spirit that speaks to him and speaks to me, and we realize almost immediately something's different. Something's changed in this car because this is not normal. And in the process, we talk, and the next thing you know, here they are the next Sunday, and they're coming to church. It's only the Holy Spirit when just a week ago, I get in a car with a bunch of men, all of them from different parts of South America, different countries in South America. And I get in, and the guy in the front seat, my radio's turned down. I can't even barely hear it. And the guy says to me, he goes, what is that? I says, the music? Yes. The guy sitting in the front seat up here. I said, uh, it's Christian music. He said, I could tell. He says, I could feel it. And he had chill bumps on his arm. You know, the Holy Spirit will do that to you. He'll, 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 he'll just, just get over you like that. And we got 10, 12 minutes talking about how he came to Christ three years earlier, how God had did that in his life, how the Holy Spirit had brought his wife to, to, to that point, and they got to church together, came out of Catholicism, and came to Christianity. It's only the Holy Spirit that does those kind of things. It's the only Holy Spirit that he could sit in there, and then we could encourage each other in the Lord. It's only the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians I don't know if I've got it on there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this. Write it down, read it later. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Did you know you cannot have freedom without the Holy Spirit? You cannot have freedom without the Holy Spirit, okay? You know, we, we can go around and act like we have freedom, but without the Holy Spirit, there is no freedom. having all kinds of issues with ours. One, two. I'll preach over here now. How about that? Maybe the Lord's saying, shut up. <laughs> Finish this up. Yeah. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit reign right here, right? All right. So when was the last time that you had true freedom? True freedom. And I, here's, what I, here's what the Lord's been speaking. I'm telling you, folks, you may think it's weird. You may think it's stupid. There, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me all week about this service. And he confirmed that I was supposed to speak this last night at 9.45 at night. So listen to this, and I'll, I'll try to hurry up so you, you, you can get on your way if you need to. But I want you to listen. If you haven't heard anything else, just give me five and a half minutes, okay? In the church, we have erroneously attributed the presence of the Holy Spirit with music. I said this a minute ago a little bit. You do not need music to have the Holy Spirit, period. Prayer meeting, you don't have to have music. Now, I like music, so I'm good with it, right? But if you take the music, if the music fades and all is stripped away, will you still come to him? Will you still come to him? So don't get me wrong, music's great, but you do not have to have music to have the Holy Spirit. But there are people here today, I believe this, this is what I believe the Lord was speaking to me this week. There are people here today that your Christian walk is like walking in, in knee-deep mud. And you may be close to Jesus, but you just feel like, have you ever been in really deep mud? Okay, I grew up on a farm. I've been in some really deep mud, okay? And you walk, and you have to pull your legs up to get to the next one and pull your legs up. And you go, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm going to heaven, but this is what it feels like. This is what my Christian life feels like right now. And there are people here today that are walking your Christian life 
And yes, you love the Lord. This has nothing to do with whether you love Jesus or not. See, people think that just because I'm a Christian, I won't deal with bad things. That's just bogus, okay? You may be dealing with depression. You may be here this morning dealing with depression. Nina, come on up to the piano, will you? You may be dealing with depression. You may be dealing with dependency. Maybe somebody's got to be in your life or something has got to be in your life. Maybe you've got to, maybe you're depend, you feel like you're dependent on your job for satisfaction, for, for life, for living. Okay? You may be living in fear. I talked about this a little bit ago. Fear, you're afraid that you're going to mess up and that you're going to disappoint God. You cannot disappoint God. I'm sorry, you can't. He took everything on the cross over 2,000 years ago. He rose from the dead. It's done. It's over. He said, it is finished. End of story. Okay? End of story. You're not going, you're not going to make God feel bad. Maybe you live in fear that temptation is going to overtake you. Oh, I used to do this. And I, boy, you know, what is I hope, I hope I've got to, I've got to go over here. And I say something, when we live in the Lord, we live in freedom. We can walk in the freedom to understand that the scripture says that there's no temptation which is not common to man, that he has not already made a way for you to escape from. So you may be living in, in fear of a, that temptation is going to overcome you. And so you, you, you're constantly pushing away from that. But I could tell you, you don't have to live in that. You don't have to live in depression. You don't have to live in dependency or fear or whatever else that you're living in right now that you're having to deal with. But there's somebody here, there are maybe there are multiple people here that this is you, that this is you. You see, we, we have got to the point that we don't feel like, we don't feel like we're living for the Lord because of a feeling. But you want to know something? The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. It's great. It's great to get around and you get goosebumps because, oh, wow, man, you can just tell God. But it's not a feeling. He's a person. He is a person. I used to go to a, to a church that didn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to move in people's lives, really. And we would sit there, we'd sing hymns, and, and it was, you know, an organ and a piano, and we'd sing hymns. And the people would say, uh, there were other people that, that were spirit-filled and believed like I did. And I'd say, man, did you just, didn't you just, couldn't you just tell the presence of God was here this morning, that the Spirit of God was, they're like, man, you know, it was boring, nobody clapped, you know, we don't clap our hands, we don't do this and that and the other. And I was like, what does that have to do with it? That has nothing to do with it. Now, let me tell you something, I pray that, as we grow, that we're a clapping hands church, that we're a, a church that gets excited, that wants to get joyous. And, and I hope we're like church camp, Destiny and, and Chloe, you know, church camp where they, we get excited. We're, you know, get in, the, get in these altars areas and worship the Lord. And, and we're just so excited about what God's doing in our lives that we just want to worship that way. But he's not a feeling. He's a person. He's a part of the Trinity. Remember, he is as real as Jesus, and he's real as Father. As a matter of fact, he is more real than the chair you're sitting in. 
that's pretty real, right? Why don't you put your hand down there? Say, yep, this chair's real. I'm not falling in the floor, right? You sit down and it's kept you there. The Holy Spirit is just as real. He's more real than that chair that you're sitting in. So when's the last time that you talked to him? When was the last time you asked for his help? And let me tell you, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't, I told Christy, do not tell this story yet. Friday morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call. There's a reason, folks, we pray for protection when people go places. You may think it's just something we pray for. No, we mean it. So Connie is traveling, going to see her daughter. So she had to go to Memphis. She had to be at the flight at 530 in the morning. All right, she got a 2016 Honda Accord. Two o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call as she's traveling to Memphis because she's got to be, be on that flight at 5.30. And she's like, Pastor, I've been hit by an 18-wheeler. Two o'clock this last Friday. Great thing is she wasn't hurt. Her car is totaled. Came into her lane. The person fell asleep, came into her lane. She spun. Her car was spinning. This is the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The car was spinning. Here's what she said. Holy Spirit, straighten up this car. And immediately her car was straightened up. And she pulled off the side of the road. Tore the whole side of her car up. Car wouldn't even start. This is what I'm talking about, okay? It's real. Don't discount the Holy Spirit. Don't stick him on the bench for any reason whatsoever. I know that some things may be weird, okay? I know some things you don't understand totally right now about the Holy Spirit. That's fine. Let him speak to you. In time, you will understand, okay? Believe me, you will. But when we begin to discount the Holy Spirit and who he is in our lives, we can't have what he wants us to have. We can't walk in what he wants us to walk in. We can't have the freedom he wants us to have. And we can't do like Connie and say, Holy Spirit, straighten up this car now. And out of us, listen, folks, Connie's not a NASCAR driver, okay? <laughs> she, she doesn't know how to, she's in the median. She's spinning and just straightens up and then pulls off the side of the road. And she made her flight and in this process this is the Holy Spirit this is the power he gives you in the process the two the two police officers that showed up she began to talk to them and they both uh, said they were Christians one of them said he just became a Christian because they she was witnessing to him wanted to make sure that they knew Jesus make sure that they were getting where they needed to go right where they needed to go and one of them she says the new the, the guy who said he's a new Christian said hey I've got a book. Will you read it? He goes, oh, I'm not a big reader. She says, it's just a devotional book. You just read a little bit every day. I believe in you. You can do it. And she gave that Bible. And all of this, folks, how many of you would have thought, how many of you would have thought, you know what, it's time to witness? Right after you're, you're trying to get on a plane at 530, your car's just been run over by an 18-wheeler. It's been totaled out. You've spun in the, in, 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 in the middle of the, of the road. Didn't hit anything else. How many of you would have thought that? You know what? Let me take a moment out to witness. If there is anybody in this church that's full of the Holy Spirit, it's Connie. I'll guarantee you. And I'm glad the Lord has put her in this church to teach us and help us learn what we should be like. The Holy Spirit is important, okay? And I believe that you can be better 
you can be greater, you can be stronger, you can be more effective as a witness and as a Christian if you'll let him permeate deep down inside of you all the way.